Here we go. Yes, sorry, Bob. It's a John Curley, Sherry Elliger show. Starring Sherry Elliger. And. Mm, okay, good. Let's hear Hold it. Hold on. Uh, Lor- I think it is Lorraine Newman. Yes. Okay. Is she dead? No. Chris doesn't understand this. Can we get this organized? No, definitely. It won't, it, I mean, preferably it would be, but I think we've made it clear that we're not capable of that. Got it. Time again. People tune to us for obituaries, apparently right off the top of the show. <laughs> it's not that hard to figure out if somebody's dead or not. Well, this, Killing people this, off and bringing them back from the dead, just trying to start the show. It's all this, right. Okay. Yes, sure. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, she is not dead, and okay. does is it Chris that supplies these every day? Yeah, and I think you're the only one that insists they be dead, Sherry. Chris, Chris has never operated <laughs> under that assumption. Okay. So I'm the okay. one that needs to let it go. I can do that. Yeah, you're the one trying to kill off everybody. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Never again. So you only work with you only work with anybody who's dead. All right. Here we go. Let's start. Uh, by the way, speaking of things that are dead, I just talked to one of my favorite representatives there in Olympia, and this is House Bill 1333 uh, is most likely going to pass away. Sherry, maybe you could be co-hosting tomorrow with it uh explain to everybody uh how the government wants to help us with house bill 1333 so what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that disinformation and um misinformation and disinformation i'm not sure what the difference is uh is tracked okay so they want to make sure that this domestic extremism might be able to be tagged before it turns into something violent. So it's a way to keep track of how people are communicating. And if someone gets flagged with uh, promoting disinformation or misinformation or what they consider to be political extremism, they want to have some sort of an intervention. And Mm. they say that this is um, this is what the HB 1333 says, would create a left-wing domestic violent extremism commission in the AG's office. This is from Jason Rance. The members Uh are asked to recommend legislative solutions to combat disinformation and misinformation, address early signs of radicalization, and develop a public health-style response. So perhaps there would be an intervention. So perhaps there would be therapy that would be suggested. A re-education camp. Yes, there you go. They have a dunce cap would be put on your head, and then uh, young students, Chinese students, would beat you with sticks like the Red Guard. Here, So they would form this commission... That would then determine whether or not your speech is is uh, prohibited. Here's what they would have on the commission. This is from your attorney general, Bob Ferguson, who wants to be your governor someday. Four legislators, a representative of the governor's office appointed by the governor, a representative from the attorney general's office, a representative with expertise in public health, also appointed by the attorney general, six representatives from organizations appointed by the attorney general, which... Uh, may include, but not limited to, a representative from black and African-American community, from the Muslim community, the Jewish community, the Asian, Asian Asian-American community, Sikh community, 
representative from Latino, Latino X, although no one uses that community, a representative from the LGBTQ community, representative from the general immigration and refugee community, and a representative from the African community. Total member 13, eight appointed by the attorney general, uh, and the, that's what you get. So that's who's in the commission to determine whether or not you, as an American citizen, have the right to speak your mind. They will also determine whether what you say is true or not true. Misinformation? Mm -hmm. They, you run it through this group of people to determine whether or not you can talk and express an idea. Is that not amazing? It is just amazing that they would even this is Attorney General Bob Ferguson is the guy pushing this idea because it's a public health problem. So if you were to put out and say, say um, the covid virus exists on surfaces for more than 48 hours and the surfaces need to be wiped down. And if you put that out there, now that's misinformation. Now we know that's not true now. So I guess somebody would be in trouble with that. The COVID vaccine stops you from getting COVID. That's now misinformation. But that government told us that, right? Uh, you need to wear a mask and kids under five, under two need to wear a mask. Masks are effective. We now know that is also misinformation. So, you, you know, how you determine what is misinformation, but basically through this committee, this group of people, your fellow American citizens, but specifically the group of people that they want there in the panel would determine whether or not you have a right to say something. Is that, am I, am I the only one that just finds this to be sort of dystopian? This is George Orwell's world, and it's being introduced without any shame by your attorney general, Bob Ferguson, but uh, Jim Walsh is telling me right now it looks like this thing's going to die. But it is amazing that they would even present this as a bill that they'd like to see to become law to determine that you are allowed to say things uh, or not say things based upon the commission. Well, and it's also such hypocrisy. For instance, they talk about um, the white supremacists and that they have a common cause with anti-mask and anti-vaccine narratives, anti-critical race theory narratives, and criticisms of election security and gender gender extremism pushed Uh on children in the classroom. And according to the Anti-Defamation League representative, she said they use protests around these issues to recruit new members. Yeah, right. So that's, that's the I, I, white supremacists are, are the white supremacists. If you don't like to wear a mask or you don't think vaccines are important, that's your smokescreen for recruiting white supremacists. It's right. not that you just don't want to wear a mask or you don't particularly want to take the vaccine. No, you're actually a white supremacist and they're going to come after you for that because you'll be flagged. Well, that's you go back to McCarthy. Right? Are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Do you know? Uh, do you know the, the particular playwright in mind? Have you read his work? And you're like, uh, yes, I've, I've read that play. So you're familiar with Arthur Miller and it, it, his work and you've read his work. Like it, you have, you said good things about his work. Well, I have, but, uh, oh, okay. So just even reading the work, even being aware of the work, somehow, 
You may be a communist because you're reading the work of someone that we think may be or may be or might know someone and may be a communist. It's the same thing. It's like uh, white supremacists. Okay, apparently they're all out there. And a lot of the white supremacists also don't like mass. So you don't like mass? Well, then you must be a white supremacist. Welcome. And then the attorney general, Bob Ferguson's committee, will then do something to you to take you somewhere to get you educated because for your own particular health and the health of society, you you need to be adjusted somehow and start thinking the right way about mass, the right way about encouraging 12-year-old boys to take uh, cross hormones, the right way to think about who gets elected and doesn't get elected. I mean, this is just scary stuff. And the weirdest part of it is it's public. It's all public. They're, they're just, hey, I've got an idea. How about we stop you from having ideas and thoughts? I mean, I'm, maybe because it just I just feel like this is the sort of stuff that they would, if they ever listen to this show, They'd come after, well, I'd go after you, Sherry, then I'd just, I'd defend you, but they'd go after, you know, go after you, Jacob, Andrew, and they'd get to Andrew's book. That's the thing. They'd get the book that, that we put you in. They'd read through the book and see all the horrible things that have been said on this show by Not you, Sherry, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, they'd get the book, Jacob, Andrew. That's the first place <laughs> they'd look. No more hot takes, I bet. According to Jason Rance in, in his article on MyNorthwest.com, uh, Ferguson is looking for creative ways to criminally charge conservatives who protest government overreach. And if they don't exist, he wants to draft them. Ironically and tragically, he could arrest those who protest the legislature for adopting new laws inspired by the commission. He even said that he wants to, tar- he wants to uh, target speech, not violence. So I guess he did an interview with PBS. Uh, oh, yeah. They called the legislation a model for the nation. Yeah, right. Uh, and he said if it start, if you'd like to start it here and have it go through the rest of the country. So California tried to do a thing where if a doctor gave information that was counter to what the state wanted to be telling people about COVID, like you get the vaccine, you don't get COVID, all the other crap, uh, they could take your license away. Well, luckily... It got stopped. But just generally the idea that the government will control what you say, because if you say it somehow, because, again, don't forget, words are violence, right? So if a word or a thought is violence, because then there's hate speech, although it's never really quite, quite been defined what hate speech is. We're going to say there's certain words you can't say, certain thoughts you can't express, because if you express them, that's just as bad as hitting somebody over the head with a stick, so, therefore, we'll stop those words because words are violence. Ideas are violence. And silence equals, what is the, silence is violence. And you can't win either way. But that is shocking. That's Attorney General Bob Ferguson doesn't want you to say certain things, think certain things. And if you do, for your health, they will take you somewhere and get you mental help. It's yes, they want to take crazy. a holistic a holistic approach to helping people get past this. Uh, his, in his interview with PBS, he said, so we're trying to broaden that term 
uh, to address things that are not specifically a threat to somebody, but where the state can take some action in prevention. For example, take a more holistic approach, a public health approach to address what we all see and know is happening in communities all across the com- uh, country. Hmm. Okay. Well, again, I just when um, Jim Walsh said, uh, I said, please, please tell me Ferguson's misinformation bill will not pass. He says, I'm hearing it that it might be dead, but don't celebrate too soon. I said, may its death be long and slow and very painful. And just before it passes, I hope it vomits on the people that had suggested that it's okay to stop people from thinking things, from saying things out loud. And the fact that this guy wants to be your governor at some point or wants something like this to sweep across the country and that we would lead the way in Washington with infringing on people's First Amendment rights to ideas. You should be able to, like this Kenoki KKK that marched in the, the First Amendment and the UCLA or the uh, um, ACLU that supported them. Listen, it's the speech that you hate the most are the ones that need to be protected because at certain points, certain somebody will come along and you think you're saying the right things. Me might not be saying the right things, and you'll want your speech to be protected. Once you stop somebody from expressing an idea, when the government stops somebody from expressing an idea, we are really in a whole lot of trouble. And again, that's what was that, 1333? House Bill 1333. Amazing. Andrew? I recommend that you get a copy of the book, the one that we write things down in, hide that, the original one, but um, take photos of it and then get those photos developed and then eat those photos. Okay? Well, it's infinitely big, so I don't think it would be possible within my <laughs> lifetime to do that. But I have a, I have a safe. I'm going to put it in the safe and yes. then I'm going to tuck it away and then right, it's good. never going to be found ever. Right. All right. Well, but, have a separate one or something because we do need the book nearby. I'll figure right, out how to um, copy it. Got it. All right. Uh, that is really wild. It would be nice. I'd, I'd love to get something now. I don't want to get them on. Let me scream at them. Somebody that would support this idea. If it doesn't happen in Washington, it will happen somewhere. You know this is coming. Well, it happens in colleges, right? So a conservative wants to come speak. Thomas Sowell wants to speak. Uh, just like the Red Guard in the 1960s in China, they scream them down or they tear things down and hit people with sticks and put dunce caps on them. They do the same thing. But this would be the government basically, uh, you know, muting you, um, muzzling you and your ideas. And I like the idea. You know, I kind of wish they would do if the thing had passed. I would love to be able to say something on the radio if Cairo's okay with it, but then the government doesn't ever, and then they take you to an education camp, and then you get a chance to go to this, like they do this thing with the the bias crap training stuff, right? The uh, mm-hmm. the stuff you go to, and you go, you're white, so you're privileged, so therefore you're horrible. The, those classes they make you take, it's very similar, but this would be the government involved, not a private corporation involved in something like that. But they take you away to some camp. God, I just... The thing I hated about camp, I hated showering with other guys. I hated that, and I hated the, <laughs> I hated the bug juice they would give you. They called it bug juice. It was watered down Kool Aid. Well, well, if I doubt if they would actually have you shower with other extremists like you, 
<laughs> and other white supremacists <laughs> like you. They probably yeah, wouldn't they make you do that, you know, because you guys are too dangerous. Way too dangerous. You don't know what could be not, said not when you're in all the new. shower. Not when you're all new. Yeah. Oh, okay. Take him. You sound like the kind of guy that wouldn't be wanting, like, as a kid. Because I, I developed later in life. I don't want to go to particulars, but I wasn't exactly. What's, nah, the, what's the question? I don't know. Okay. I'm trying you to were... avoid it just long enough to move on. Okay. <laughs> you want to elaborate a little bit more? No, I don't. Exactly? No, it was, I didn't have any hair under my armpits. It was a big deal. Oh, what was your heavy hair in your armpits? And I was like, that's it. I'm not going to go to the shower. Not going to uh, Breezy Point Camp shower anymore. So I had other things under my armpits, like stink, because they'd make funny. I didn't have hair in my armpits. I don't want to go into it. Okay. All right. Well, you know, if, they already if, did. Uh, okay, you you got you got a hair now, right? Andrew, put her down in the okay. book for put her put Sherry down in the book. I'm just asking if you have it now. <laughs> yes, I do. All right, so everything's okay. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? I don't know. You Nate, brought it up. I want no, pictures. You didn't no, want to please. shower with anybody. <laughs> right over there. The, I, said, I, I don't know. No, no, it's it, Bob Ferguson shower. Okay. I want pictures. Nate, I want pictures of the armpit. Okay, goodbye, goodbye. Here we go. All are welcome. John Curley, Sherry Liquor Show, and you coming along for the ride. Big part of it. Don't forget to write to us at mynorthwest.com and that stay roof text line. That's all yours, baby. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. All are welcome, teeny tiny lady, right over there. She's got herself a pretty new dress. Jacob, thank you very much for going out and getting that for her. And she is uh, going to be choosing the letter of the day. So. I do have my dress on backward. Yeah, that seems Jacob? insulting that I got her a gift and she immediately found a way to... All we are doing is talking about my dress and my hair. No, no, no. We're talking about the people... Well, we're talking about the fact that 20-somethings now... Uh, 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 teeny, they uh, have decided that they um, everything is old is new again, as that old song goes. So they're coming back, Sherry, and they want the stick shift experience. It's amazing how the stick shift has risen in popularity just in the last year or so. I remember, I think we did a story about this before, where it's sort of a lost art, right? Most people that learn to drive now never will learn how to drive a stick shift. But apparently, mm-hmm. it's something like uh, 13%. There's a 13% rise in the number of pay views, uh, page views for new manual cars in 20, uh, 2023. Okay. And it also accounted for, the stick shift accounted for 1.7% of all new car sales in 2023. So they're saying that this is kind of like people that like vinyl or, you know, sort of love the nostalgia of a car. But also, you know, when you drive a stick shift, you have more control over the car. It's more fun to drive. It's something that guys like probably a little bit more than women usually. Um and it's it's coming back. Uh, Rye, about two years ago, said, Dad, can you teach me to drive a stick shift? Uh, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Why? Well, there's this girl I like, and she thinks it's really cool. It's like, yep, that's what motivates a lot of guys to do a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I uh, took him out and got him in the car and... Took him out to teach him. I put him on a hill. They got a lot of hills. Got to learn how to do a stick shift on a hill. 
I sat there for about an hour till we burned the clutch out. He kept saying, what's that smell? Is that typical? I was like, eh, typical when you're doing what you're doing to the car right now. That's pretty typical. And then all of a sudden, I was like, and then I, and then, and then the uh, clutch went out on it. But he knows how to drive a stick shift now. There's a school that's called uh, Stick Shift School. And it's, a, I'm uh-huh. sorry, it's called Three Pedals, Three Pedals. And uh, this guy started this school. He's got so many people enrolling in it now that he quit his job as a, wait for it, environmental scientist. Decided huh. That ain't getting me anywhere. And, uh, and, and does the school full time now because there are so many people into it. Well, you mentioned vinyl records, Sherry. For the first time in 35 years, vinyl now has outsold CDs. Some people are saying that the low-tech nature of the stick shift is what's attracting them, that they're getting tired of all the technology. Sorry, have you not heard what I just said about the selling of vinyl records over CDs for the last 35 years? Well, yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that that that's why, because people are getting tired of everything being on a device or electronic or whatever. They want to go a little old school. Maybe, do you think, with this uh, crop of Gen Z or the next group, which, by the way, they're called Alpha after Gen Z, um, that we may have a complete throwback to a lower tech thing, that that will be the trend, that will be the hip, new, cool thing to do, is to not use technology at all? Uh. I God, it just takes a few people to all of a sudden whatever cool becomes, right? Yes. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point, and just this odd stuff of why some things take off and other things don't take off and who the trend leaders are that all of a sudden are showing it. The problem is that people are experiencing this sort of regress back to the old days, but they're kind of catching them on their phones and through TikTok and things. So that technology will still be there. But will people be, I mean, how far back? And what do you do? Do you get rep modern dentistry and people are pulling their own teeth out with like handmade pliers that they've forged out of steel? Or, I mean, are, are we back on horses again? I hope so. I, I like to go back to those times and, and <laughs> lynching or leeching you put the leech on the, somebody's neck and you suck the blood uh-huh. out that way yeah there's certain things you you know that's when you people say they always long for the good old days you know it's like two words modern dentistry so um i have vinyl records and i don't have a cd player and i got a big collection of them which i carry around and i hate to admit it stolen milk crates from 7-eleven like 30 years ago do you still carry one on the bus like Peter Frampton comes alive <laughs> no, to make sure that the girl sitting across from you thinks you're cool? I, the weird thing about that, it, the, you leave the album on there, then you put the, the needle down, and the album's been sitting for a couple days. So by the time the needle makes it all the way to the end of the album, it, it has basically knitted a huge sort of sweater of dust. And then there was always my dad was so bad at me. Now, what band is it? I'm like, Dad, Dad, I'll take care of it. I'll do it. What? No, I want to hear it. What band? I'm like, I got it, Dad. I got it. And he would get pick that needle up uh, and just scrape it across the thing. Just, just like, Dad, I got it. Dad, I have it. I'll do it. Don't, don't touch it. Don't. It's band four, Dad. It's band four. He's like, hey, so we well, I like that song. And then he'd just scrape it right across. I was like, oh, my God. And then it always had the skip in it. Every time you go to hear Bachman Turner Overdrive, you're waiting to have the thing skip. 
That's the sound of that finishing, Andrew, since you don't know what needles on albums sound like. <laughs> right. I don't have a scratching noise around. All I have is the regular... Uh, I give you the scratching noise. Oh, that there one. There it is. That's oh, it right that's there. what it sounds oh, like. Okay. Oh, that's, that's what's that's called my playing dad it putting to the label. In an old DJ God. terms, you know what I mean? It's like a B-side. <laughs> playing it to the label. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, good to know that I'm uh, suddenly I'll be modern again uh, because the stick shifts and old uh, uh, old albums piling up. You know the weird thing about the eight track tape? This is going to be lost on you, Jacob, but I'll try to help you. The eight track <laughs> tape had four programs, and the technology was that they didn't. The song didn't. When the song stopped, maybe they had like three songs in one program. It didn't all of a sudden like stop and then like go to the next program. It would happen in the middle of the song. So it'd be like, wake up in the morning, take the long cross morning, take the eighth, and then the, then the CD chain would go, bom, bom. it would like literally go, tunk, tunk. it would change to the next program right in the middle of the song. And nobody seemed to care about that. It's like right in the middle of it, you know, feelings, nothing more than bom, bom. Feelings trying to forget my. Do you remember that, Sherry? Yes. The eight-track tape player, just without any concern for artistry or any, just changing into the next program. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was clunky at best. I mean, it was just. <laughs> but the, the person doing it would be like. Uh, does it bother anyone else that it's changing, like, kind of right in the middle of the song and it's kind of making a big kind of shifting sound? He's like, nope, <laughs> that's good. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, what we put up with. <laughs> and that was, techn- I mean, that was like A-track tapes when they came out. It was like, whoa, right. you, you make you make, the, you make the bang, you make the bang, bang sound when you want okay. to. Ready? I'll do the first yeah. one. Yeah. I remember all my life. Raining down as cold as ice, shadows bang, of bang. a man whose face through a <laughs> bang, window bang. crying. Bang, well, bang. It doesn't change. Sure, he's not changing three <laughs> times in one song. Yeah, that was it. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you got carried away with changing the song. <laughs> I saw this story and I thought, oh no, Sherry's going to hate this. It's about a guy about 20 years ago, because you've got a real problem with feet, decided mm-hmm. he just didn't want to wear shoes anymore. What was the turning point for him? Just a pair of unattractive loafers or something? What what broke him down? No, he had bunions and he was getting bunion oh. surgery, but then he found out that the metal that they would have to put in um, I guess they, it, it was such a deformity or whatever that they had to put in this some kind of metal into his foot, and he was allergic to that. So while he was awaiting the surgery and contemplating it, he took off his shoes and realized not wearing shoes was a far more comfortable option for him, and then he just decided not to do the surgery because of the potential allergic reaction with the metal. Um, so he is a... I like quirky people. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. I really do. I right. find them enjoyable. I like eccentric people. I think they are um, they're, they're great, right? I mean, I love that. This, though, this guy is just a prima donna. Like, he won't. Oh, oh, get... oh, here we go. Here, Well, yeah, exactly. Thank you. 
Okay, why is he a prima donna? Because he won't wear shoes? He makes his poor wife, like, they can only go to certain places. He wants to go in stores. He gets into fight with fights with store owners because he doesn't have shoes on. I get it. If you want to walk around your house or your yard or in the neighborhood, that's fine. But don't think that you're excused from all the rules just because you're a weirdo. I mean, that's not fair. And he... He does stuff like he only eats with chopsticks. He needs oh, reggae okay. music oh, playing boy, all the time. Oh, does he have a collection of snakes or a parrot that he carries around at a lake? Okay, I don't like this guy now. And and he does was he have one of those recumbent bikes that he's like way low. He's got a beard that parts in the middle <laughs> probably, as he picks up speed with giant flags. It's probably oh, more like boy. a unicycle, one of those weird unicycles. But oh, he, he was a wedding photographer, and he oh, tried to show up barefoot at these weddings, oh. and they were like, dude, no, you can't do that. So now he's a Pilates instructor, and I guess that works out because I, I guess you can be in your bare feet if you're doing Pilates. So his wife says, look, he's a good guy. I put up with this because we all have something. And um, his daughter, though, or I'm sorry, his child is named Opal, and the child is they are non-binary, trans-feminine, and they wear stilettos. So he points out the irony of the fact that one of his children likes to wear stilettos when he won't wear any footwear whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If you walked on his hands into I'd a like store. That. Yeah. Okay. If he walked on his hands into a store, <laughs> would they be uh-huh. okay with that? Um, I think they would be fine with it. He wouldn't be breaking any rules, but it would dif- be difficult for him to reach for anything. I know, but I'm just sort of pointing out his, his the reason the store wants you to wear shoes is because if you were to cut yourself on something, you would then say to the store, hey, you got glass on the floor. And they'd go, hey, you're not wearing shoes, right? Get into a whole argument on it. His basic sort of you talk to him would be, I'll take responsibility for anything I step on. I won't blame you. I know I'm not wearing shoes, so I'm not going to wear shoes. Like I was at this um, in at this hotel in Reno the other day. I never carry any clothes when I travel. I just wear what I wear on the plane and a tuxedo. That's it. So I don't, no shorts, no nothing, nothing. So I always like work out, there's a prison workout. I'll wear like a pair of jeans and then nothing, no, no shoes on. And they come in, uh, sir, you, uh, really need to wear, uh, athletic outfit or athletic attire while you're in here. Why? I got jeans on. I got a sweater on. I got a turtleneck. I got no shoes on. I'm doing pull ups. Why? What do I need to wear? What does it matter? I'll take responsibility if I drop a weight on myself. Would be nice if you just maybe, if you have some shorts or maybe we could get you some shorts. I don't need shorts. It's a prison workout. Sir, that's a prison workout. You see guys in prison. They don't wear shorts. That's what they wear. It's a prison workout. Again, I think they ask most me to hotels would bristle at the idea of you calling their workout room a prison workout. No, 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 no. <laughs> My workout is the prison workout in their right, little fancy, they, overly they, mirrored room. They they probably would like you to kick it up a notch in terms of your apparel because they don't want to be referred to as an area that's I know. like a prison workout. And there's the guy with the Lululemon shorts on that he paid 95 bucks for or something looking over at you. Yeah. Right. Anyway, back to you and your problem with the guy's feet. I have no problem with him. I, The chopsticks bothers me. That's it. I draw the line right there.
But at least we can agree on something. <laughs> we, we, neither one of us right. will be friends with this guy, right? So we, we're good with that. Exactly. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs>